0: From Blue Wire Studios today, so you're ready for the August premiere. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Stafford stepping up, going left side, wants Calvin. Enzo got him Oh, Baby, that was a rocket. And it's picked off. Welcome to episode 103 of the Michael Rothstein Show. I'm your host, as always, Michael Rothstein. Episode brought to you by TheraOne, NFL Sunday Ticket, and Bet Online. You'll hear ads for all those throughout the show. And hey, second to last day of open Detroit Lions practice happened on Friday, and for the first time, they went inside. Which meant that only people in the 2M media category, of which I am one of them, were allowed in to watch practice. We saw practice from the upper balcony which is where we usually watch practice from when they do go indoors. It provides a much more intimate and closer vantage point than we typically get when we are 40, 50, 60 yards away sometimes from where all the action is on the bleachers. It also allows the lions to do less things at once when they're indoors, but it allowed them to really focus a lot on team drills and on special teams work throughout the fast paced practice. So, Matt Patricia, before practice, said a bunch of guys were not necessarily going to do all that much, including DeAndre Swift and Bo Scarborough and Taylor Decker and Trey Flowers and Nick Bodden. The only player who I didn't see at practice, period, was Nick Bodden. Everyone else at least showed up a little bit. I mostly saw Bo Scarborough and DeAndre Swift running on the side, but they were in jerseys. They did have helmets. Uh, they would line up for some stuff, but I didn't see them do any drills. I didn't see On Johnson do anything really other than individual work uh, and minimally at that. On Friday, Taylor Decker was out there a bit. He did some things but didn't do any work in team portion of practice. And Trey Flowers similarly did very little throughout the day. Two other things to note. How Vitae, who got hurt, or what appeared to be hurt, during thursday's practice returned on friday matt patricia said it was in part that he left the field due to a hot day and vitai is a big guy so just need to kind of get him aside and he was done for the day they had a similar issue with dan skipper earlier in practice but skipper then came back out on the field it sounded like it might have been a hydration issue with the two of them uh and then there was one injury that happened during practice on friday don't know exactly the seriousness of it yet But it didn't look good, and that was Mike Ford. He got hurt during a team period. It looked like he got rolled up on a little bit. Uh, I didn't see the exact injury at the point of when it happened. I caught kind of more of the aftermath. But trainers were looking at him for a while. Then he ended up walking off the field with putting not much pressure on his right leg with the help of trainers going right into the locker room uh from talking with other people who were watching practice it sounded like he collided or tangled up with victor bolden when he fell uh, what the lions ended up doing and this is really one of the cruel realities of football in a lot of ways is, is practice doesn't really stop they stop for a couple of minutes uh and then if you're down for a while they just kind of step up and move on we saw that with the jay sean cornell injury as well earlier in camp that's something that happens all the time and If you're ever watching a football practice and you want to remember the brutal reality of it from from both a player perspective, an injury perspective, and a business perspective, that is, to me, the biggest example of it when a guy gets hurt and the guy that, you know, is a teammate of yours, a friend of yours, and he's basically on the ground and you kind of get up and move on. Now, if it was a super, super, like, Teddy Bridgewater-level injury I think that they would stop practice and and things of that nature but for just a regular injury even if it's like with Sean Cornell and Achilles where it ended his season that's just kind of how it happens during practice in the NFL. It's it's wild to watch um without a doubt and it's I every time I see it uh, even after all of these years it still kind of takes me a little bit for a loop to kind of see that that's how that goes. So other than that, almost every guy was really out there and doing work, which is good news for the Lions. Although, yeah, like they are pretty banged up, especially at running back. That has given a lot more opportunities to guys that we've talked about on this show a bit, most notably Ty Johnson and Jason Huntley. Both of them have gotten extended work over the last week and I think really put their... Their best shot forward, uh, Ty Johnson, probably better than Jason Huntley, just because Huntley has had some miscues and some drops and some issues in the return game, and he's a rookie. But Ty Johnson, I think, has looked solid throughout camp. And to me at this point, especially with injury concerns to DeAndre Swift and to Bo Scarborough, and them being smart, or I would call it smart at least, with On Johnson... I don't know how you can't have Ty Johnson on the roster at this point because even if he's just an emergency back situation, to me, I think he's earned that spot. Jonathan Williams got a long look today as well. He has here and there. He started off really strong when he first got here after signing, but then he cooled off a little bit. Thought he had a decent day on Friday indoors. But to me, if you're picking between the two of them, I would probably pick Ty Johnson. But of course, it's entirely possible that if Bo Scarborough can't come back, that maybe that's where Jonathan Williams ends up on the roster is in place of Bo Scarborough or if Bo Scarborough were to go to some sort of injury situation. So we're going to take a quick break and then we will get into the exact observations from the day. Stick with us and we'll be back right after this. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL with NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code. Blue wire. And do you have tight muscles? Tough workouts? I know I did this morning. Signs of aging, that happens every day. Simply making it through each day. Everyone understands what it's feel like what it feels like to be tense and sore. So everyone can benefit from Therwon's C B D products. They're started by Dr. Jason Worsland. Therabody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It all started for him with Theragon, which is a massager that is in NBA and NFL locker rooms all over the country. And Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, So he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products, they claim organic, but they still contain up to 30% filler, and some of these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne one, they test their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic. It's grown in the United States, and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Now through Labor Day, Theraone one is offering our listeners a buy one get one free for all Theraone products but you've got to go to theragun.com slash blue wire if you don't love what you get from Theraone send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase this is not something Theraone is likely to do again buy one get one free at theragun.com slash blue wire but only until labor day go right now theragun.com slash blue wire now back to our show So, as I said, we're going to get more into the nitty-gritty details of practice here uh, on a rainy Friday in Allen Park. We'll start with the music selections, and I haven't really done this throughout camp this year, and I apologize for not doing it, but being indoors and having more of an opportunity and it being pretty loud, I had noticed throughout camp that there was definitely a hard rock feel, for the most part, to the playlists. I still haven't figured out whose playlist is exactly. I have my guesses, but... This is some of the sampling of what was played in practice. And unfortunately, we can't play any of these songs for you because that would cost a lot of money. Dropkick Murphy's shipping up to Boston. The Hives, I forget which Hives song, but it was definitely The Hives. Seven Nation Army was also played by the White Stripes. Wolf song, Some Wolf Mother was played. Enter Sandman was played. Run to, the, Run to the Hills by Iron Maiden was played. Hell's Bells was played by ACDC. This comes on top of a day ago when it felt like... I think it was Chris Burke who said it, but it's true. Like it felt like more like a pregame hockey soundtrack in a lot of ways than it almost did to football practice soundtrack. Uh, it was, it's been an interesting musical choice and musical selection. I'm curious to see what they come up with tomorrow. Uh, back back, back in the day there used to be a wide range of playlists this was back when Jim Caldwell was there and Galen Duncan was around Galen Duncan would be controlling some of it Jim Caldwell would have his say and I remember that was a big deal I was always kind of guess the music and try to figure out who it was so hoping that that comes back again here uh, the rest of training camp but maybe even the rest of the season if they play end up playing music during practice and some individual drills so I saw the tight ends doing a pretty interesting drill in individuals, and it's entirely possible they do this every day, but the tight ends are usually so far from us from where we can see. But what they have is the tight ends will run around, and then as the ball is thrown to them, they will also another coach will also throw a towel, or what looked like a towel, at them as well that's rolled up. Theoretically, one would think it's done to simulate... Either traffic that's coming, maybe vision that could be impaired by a defender or by traffic in the middle of the field. Or it could be more simulating a defender trying to come and break up a pass. But I hadn't really seen that drill before. I thought it was super interesting to see how that works. And to their credit, most of the tight ends still held on to the ball, even with it. Uh, Just, you know, one of those different small things that you kind of see at practice there were no real changes to the first offense or the first defense through much of the day obviously we said Taylor Decker was out there a little bit to start but then Tyrell Crosby handled the left tackle spot once he was out you saw a little bit more of Tracy Walker with the first team in different situations Uh, I still think at the end of the day, when it comes to starting week one, Tracy Walker should end up being there. He, again, had a really nice pass breakup. He had another that easily could have been an interception. He, every day, I know I said it yesterday, and I'm going to keep repeating it. Every day, Tracy Walker shows up. And it's been really impressive to watch on a day-to-day basis. Um, Other than that, defensively... Christian Jones, as you would expect, and is largely in the starting lineup with Jared Davis and with Jamie Collins. It's been Jones, though, that maybe has kind of filled the role that has been vacated by Devon Kennard. We'll see how long that lasts, because that could end up being a Julian O'Quara spot eventually, or maybe even an Austin Bryan spot if he can get back from pop from pop. So that'll be something to watch. They did a lot of special teams work for the second straight day. I'll I'll hit first on kind of the team stuff offensively and defensively, and then we'll get into some of the special teams. There were some drops as there have been the last few days. Uh, just Jeremy Davis had a really bad drop in a drill where you really shouldn't be dropping the pass because it's not full speed, and it literally is set up for just to pretend that you have close coverage and then the receiver extends out in the last second to make the catch, to create separation. Then they do it the other way. They come back, the defensive back does the same thing and tries to intercept the pass. Jeremy Davis dropped one of those and that's just not a great look. Um, During team periods, they did play, by the way, Eye of the Tiger and Welcome to the Jungle as well to add to some of the musical selection to give you a true flavor of the 80s to 90s rock that was going on in Allen Park, which I'm a fan of. So I was all about it. Uh, Quintus Cephas got some work with the first-team offense. They moved Jeff Okuda around a little bit to the left and right, but also he got more first-team work, kind of working in a little bit more of a rotation, it seemed like, with Desmond Trufant and Amani Awarier. So that, to me, signals that they're slowly getting more comfortable with working him into that lineup, which we talked about when we first saw Jeff Okuda on the second team, that if it wasn't happening by now, at least working in, that's maybe a sign of concern that he might not be fully ready for week one. I still think that they will play both Awarie. I think they'll play all three of Awarie, Okuda, and Truffaut in week one. But I don't think it's going to be all Okuda in week one at this point for reasons that we've talked about before. But the receivers that they're going to face the first four weeks of the season are incredibly talented plus Okuda hasn't had a game yet and Matt Patricia always likes to try to bring rookies on along a little bit slower than maybe some of them and, and some people certainly fans would want Matthew Stafford I thought on the whole had a pretty good day he did however throw one really bad pass that would That was a nice jumping interception by Jaron Harmon. He threw it into double coverage. Harmon closed really easily and made what, frankly, while it looked cool, was probably a pretty easy pick for him to make at the end of the day. That's one thing I've been impressed by with Harmon throughout camp is his closing speed as a deep safety. He, I remember he closed really fast on Marvin Hall during an early practice and ended up breaking up the pass. And I remember being like, wow, he came out of nowhere. That similarly happened today, again, on Marvin Hall. And that's not a arc on Marvin Hall. It's just a good play by Deron Harmon. Uh, you're starting to see some of the second-team stuff shake out. a little. Again, there were some injuries there. So, like, Terrell Crosby would typically be the second-team left tackle. That ended up not being the case. Ah, uh, on on Friday, as you kind of saw more of like Dan Skipper get a look at that, Matt Nelson get a look at that, instead. So that's one thing that happened. You kind of see Julian Aquara start to move up and down a little bit more. You've seen depending on you know July and Tavai's gotten some work with the first team as well. So they're try and we've talked about the Will Harris Tracy Walker scenario ad nauseum. So they're trying to work guys in, it feels like, a little bit more here and there. Uh, A couple other things that happened during team portion of drills that really stood out to me were a couple of Matthew Stafford passes. And I feel like I want to talk a little bit about Matthew Stafford here because we haven't addressed him a ton during training camp because he's just come back. There hasn't been any issues with his health. We talked about it the first day. The back is fine. And then Stafford's just been largely really good. He had a couple rough days earlier this weekend, and notably last weekend, I thought, when it came to some of his passes. But those first few days, he was just so sharp, and it was almost like he, he couldn't miss. Friday wasn't totally like that, but there were two passes that I still don't know how they ended up being caught. One was an absolute laser to Kenny Galladay that Kenny Galladay got the separation he extended to make the open catch on the sidelines against Desmond Trufant like if I'm Desmond Trufant I watch that and I'm like well my coverage was as good as it probably can be here I don't know what I can do more that's just Matthew Stafford making a high level Pro Bowl level play and we've seen that every day and obviously he's got a Pro Bowl receiver in Kenny Galladay there that can also do that and that's been largely what we've seen out of Stafford in almost every day of camp is a few throws that you're just like, okay, he is clearly on point, whether they're deep passes that connect or an intermediate pass like that one that was just threaded so perfectly and really had no other place to go with that other than it would have been picked or broken up if it had not gone in any other spot. Uh, One thing I will note uh, during a goal line drill, Stafford did throw a pass that was actually intended for Isaac Nata, but it got broken up. And then it actually got, it turned into a diving interception by Romeo Aquari. It was the defensive player play of the day. I think just with the effort involved, he had full extension to pick it off just before it hit the ground as a defensive lineman. Like I said, after it was tipped in the air and broken up, I didn't see exactly who broke up the pass because it was all happening so quickly But it was an incredibly aggressive athletic play by Romeo Loquaro, who's been known for his athleticism in the past. And I don't put that throw on Stafford because he was throwing it to Isaac Nada. but it looked like it was an on-point throw. It was just a great play by the defender. And listen, sometimes that's really just going to be what happens. That's just kind of the reality of all of it. Uh, Two other plays from Stafford really stand out. He threw a pass to Quintus Cephas in the end zone that was over Justin Coleman. And and Justin Coleman kind of, there was nothing that Justin Coleman could really do. It was just a really nice jumping catch off of a really well-run route by Cephas. I thought Cephas rebounded really well on Friday from what I considered was a poor practice from him on Thursday. Uh, Mentioning Romeo Acquara in team drills, he actually did get a sack. That was on also, on Stafford, it was just a play that I don't really know what happened at the line. But next thing I know, Romeo Carr is basically standing next to Stafford. And then Stafford rolled out and threw a pass. But, I mean, it would have been one of those, like, yeah, if that's a sack fumble, I wouldn't be surprised. Because Romeo Carr would have completely run right through him if he had had that type of option. The last offensive play I want to highlight, or team play I want to highlight, was this which is a play to Jamal Agnew from David Blau. And it was just a really, really good throw that you're just like, I don't know how this ball necessarily got there. It was just great separation over CJ Moore. It was a great throw to Jamal Agnew. And yeah, it was just a really, really sharp play that happened. And one other play actually didn't write it down in my notes because I think it was actually I take that back. There's one more play I want to highlight from Team Periods. And it was actually the last play that I wrote down. It was during a red zone two minute situation, had to drive 46 seconds, no timeouts, get a touchdown. And they started at the 50. Matthew – sorry, it wasn't even a red zone play. It was from the 32-yard line. Matthew Stafford threw a ball to Marvin Jones in the corner of the end zone, and it was just perfect. I, I, I still don't know how it was caught, and Marvin Jones said a couple of these this year where I, I still don't know how he's actually caught the pass. But Jeff Okuda's coverage literally was perfect. It looked like the ball kind of like invisibly morphed through Jeff Okuda's arms into Marvin Jones' hands. Like, if I'm Jeff Okuda and I'm watching that on film, the only thing I'm maybe frustrated about is that I didn't close my hands on the ball if I had the opportunity. But from my vantage point, it looked like he was right there and just the ball was thrown better than Jeff Okuda's able to make a play on it. it was, it, You could have asked for better coverage as far as being in the right position from Jeff Okuda. That's just... The type of plays that Stafford has been able to make throughout training camp. And Marvin Jones has been on point throughout training camp as well. I don't think he's had a real bad day that I've noticed yet. And they just, their chemistry seems to be really high at the moment. And it just was a bad spot for Jeff Okuda, but that is not his fault at all. I want to close today on special teams. The Lions spent a lot of time on special teams. And it kind of gives you a little bit of a avenue into maybe some of the roster decisions that might be coming on the back end of the roster. So guys like Tony McRae, CJ Moore, Miles Killebrew, Elijah Lee, although I, I'm not sold that Elijah Lee makes the team, but those first three guys, I think they end up making the team. Like They're valuable special teams com- contributors for Detroit. Also, Jalen reeves Mabin and as we talked about at the top of the show, Ty Johnson. Those are some guys that I think you really should look at because they are involved on coverage teams generally pretty regularly and that could be a tiebreaker situation between them and another player is if they have a defined special teams role even if it's a certain blocker. They also worked a good amount on punt and they alternated generally two for Aaron Sippos and two for Jack Fox and went back and forth and back and forth. Both of them, I thought, had some very very strong punts there was it was getting to the point where each one you're like wow that person kicked it that far like Sippo's had a 65-yard punt and a 61-yard punt and that 61-yard punt had over four seconds of hang time he had a 55-yarder which had over four and a half seconds of hang time there were only one or two bad punts I saw and at least one of them from Jack Fox looked like it might have been off of a bad snap. I think Fox's biggest issue was that he kept hitting the ceiling inside Sandoval Field. That you wonder how high and how deep those punts would have been if they didn't hit the ceiling about 20 yards out. And looked like they were still maybe rising. So it was... He, he's got a, I would say, having watched a decent amount of the punting now, Fox probably has a stronger leg. And I think I said this on a prior show... I think Sippo's might be a little bit more accurate, but I'm not sure because we don't know what they're being told they have to do in each punt, but I don't think that they have a great punting option, but I don't think that they have a bad punting option either. I think they're they're both guys that are going to be a little bit inconsistent. They're going to maybe make some mistakes. Neither one of them has played in an NFL game before, but... I see the talent there, the leg strength there from both of these guys, and it's it's pretty well impressive. Uh, Some of the hang times, I mean, they were working on definitely fair catches, trying to get inside the 10, and almost every time I think the furthest away from the goal line of ball was, and again, it was not the best punt from Jack Fox, but we don't know how it's tough to tell exactly how good the snap was, came on the first punt of the last period when he... It bounced down the 14-yard line. Everything else was inside the 12 or deeper and had over four seconds of hang time every one of the punts. They're both all right. Uh, I'm curious in what's happening in the long snapper battle. I thought Dom Muehlbach had a couple of snaps that did not look good at all. But I I still think Dom Muehlbach ends up on the team, but I'm not 100% sold on that. I know this is all punter and long snapper chat, but at least when it comes to Dom Mielbach he's their longest standing guy. And I, I think he's in much more of a competition than maybe we realize when it comes to going up against Stephen Wardle. And I think I talked about this yesterday. I did another show yesterday where we might have talked about that instead, on that show instead. But uh, yeah, Don Muehlbach, I think, is in a really tough battle at long snapper. And the punting battle, I, I just shrugged my shoulders and I don't really know. We're supposed to chat with... Special teams coach Braden Combs here in the next few days, I believe. So that's going to obviously be a large topic of conversation is what's going on with the punter battle, because he's going to be largely, I think, the one making that decision. Thanks, as always, for listening to the show. We've got one more day of daily practice observations left. Then we'll wrap it all up for you, and then we're going to get into more of a regular type of schedule. Still hammering out what that might be. We'll have some mailbags in there. We're going to have some guest interviews, recorded one actually on Friday that will, I believe, run next week that I think is quite good and quite interesting, and I think you'll enjoy it. And just looking forward to bringing some cool content to you. Hopefully, you enjoy it. And like I said, if there's anyone you want to hear from, don't hesitate. Just ask, and uh, we'll try to make it happen. Thanks, as always, to my sponsors, TheraOne, BetOnline, and NFL Sunday Tickets, along with Regents Field and Blue Wire Podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rothstein, on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a five star review. We'd really, really appreciate it on Apple, and you can listen to us anywhere you listen to your podcasts. With that, we will chat with you tomorrow. Did somebody say playoffs, NBA, and NHL? They're playing for trophies. And our partners at Bet online they've got you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. Major League Baseball season is pushing in a fall. And there's no shortage of ways with hundreds of odds, futures, and props to go and bet. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes either. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag, use promo code BLUEWIRE, receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.